Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever, one overwhelmed by pictures of turkeys in the text line was not and fictional for that. bears and uh, not just fictional bears tyler but we asked what uh, what is the appropriate kind of um soft passive uh not the least bit intimidating bear uh, that represents the ncaa to us now not the the dream that dana o'neill carries around in her heart of what the ncaa really is uh <laughs> Uh, and the the number of you that came through, uh, uh, Pooh Bear is obviously is very easy. Winning very good. The Berenstein Bears is great. That's a good pull. That's a, that's a very good pull. I said Paddington. Uh, Texture referred to the NCAA as the Careless Bears, which is a very, very good, very clever. Did I? Is there, was there another one? Boo Boo from Yogi. Boo! Oh yeah, hey, that's boo-boo. really good too. Uh, yeah. Fozzie Bear also. Yep. Pretty passive. Little Any Bear is what I said from the cartoon. Little Bear, yeah, that's. All of those pretty solid, I think. Very good. But you said we have to get this out of the way before we move any further. You didn't know that Cocaine Bear had a Kentucky connection? I didn't. I just read um, a French Shelley sent me something to like during the break. I was just looking at it. Yep. Uh, and I was just reading that. And the, they, the bear, they're saying, a.k.a. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> a great name for an incredible name Excellent. Uh, for a bear. That's wonderful. I did not know until now. I was just reading this. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, like, Cocaine Bear obviously was always going to get... It, it, I, I am impressed with how they marketed that movie, for the record. Like, they, they leaned into, yes, we made an entire movie about this, it's very weird, and we're going to have fun with it. And it worked. And yeah, it, I think I think the marketing strategy is... Sorry, I'll let you finish. Yeah, 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 is this bear ate cocaine. <laughs> There's no, like... And that's it. Very, very straight. Oh, man, we're getting some good ones in now. Sorry. NCAA is a bearskin rug. <laughs> the Charmin Bears. <laughs> Charmin Soft. <laughs> Care Bears. That's a big miss. Yeah, Care Bears oh, is a duh. good one. Uh, but, yeah, Cocaine Bear, obviously, it's, I've noticed, like, you know, a lot of my station and others around the area have done some Cocaine man, Bear. bear. Oh, I love man bear. Man bear pig is for real. Half man, um, half bear, half pig. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of local stories about it because yeah, it's got a big Kentucky connection. It's great for for those 
who are unaware. I'll read this from uh, Courier Journal right up. Uh, a year ago about when everybody knew this movie was coming. Uh, back in 1985, a 175-pound black bear died from a massive cocaine overdose at the indirect hand of one of Kentucky's most notorious drug-smuggling criminals. And then the bear got taxidermized. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, I know taxidermy, but I've never seen it as a verb like that. I've never seen it as a verb either. Yeah. Uh, and it's in Lexington. So- yeah, it's in Lexington for you to see. This is really like a legend. Uh, I cannot tell you if it's like true or not, but I don't really think it matters if it's true or not uh, because it is now a movie and I want to go see it. Well, I think you should go see it. It it looks great. It looks. You know what I love about it is that allow me to get on my pedestal for a second about well, sure series and movies now. It okay. at least is original. Like, it's something that... This isn't a remake of some other It's not a remake. <laughs> it's not in, like an adaptation. It's not a sequel. It's not a franchise. It, it's like, it, unless I'm missing something here, it literally was like, I think Elizabeth Banks, who is an actress, is the uh, director for it. And it sounds to me like someone just said, wait, that's a hilarious legend of a bear doing cocaine. Yeah, let's just make a movie out of that. Cool. Sweet. Let's get more ideas like that. I'd love that. That'd be great because I, I'm not saying I'm not an anti-franchise person. I, I, you know, I like some Marvel movies. I'm I'm a Star Wars person. I, I I like that stuff. I just want more original ideas for movies and shows because it's it's getting very stale out there. I think that the, the what I like about it is you, you're right it doesn't have like a historical like antecedent right there isn't something that you're like oh i can see where the story came from like this is just out of nowhere a wild ass bear ate 40 containers of cocaine or whatever but it also doesn't exactly leave room for development here like i think we're just going to get in and see a ridiculous story about a bear that ate all this cocaine and then he's going to be dead from the cocaine. Let's see what's funny. And that's it. What's funny about that though is that I saw people making a joke out of this being a franchise and, and going off all the other bears they could do. Like someone said a sequel would have to be if you know if the bear didn't die, rehab bear. You know, like goes in and has to rock bottom bear. <laughs> you know, marijuana bear. Right. <laughs> That'd be gummy bears. <laughs> somebody texted me gummy bears. I mean, yeah, that's that's what I like about it. Like, I'm right, not- which which of the uh, what's the word I want to use that's all encompassing for all of the different bears we just had named for us? Which of the passive bears, the the fuzzy, uh, soft, not the least bit intimidating bears, would you most want to see on cocaine? <laughs> wow, uh, that's a great question. I, I cannot tell you I've thought about this before. Uh, well, certainly not. I Since feel we're celebrating like, original ideas. Let's hear it. I feel like I'd have to go Winnie the Pooh. I feel like Winnie yeah. the Pooh, which is funny though, because I think this this was a story maybe last year that like Winnie the Pooh is technically public domain now. Like so, it had its hundred years where nobody can make anything even resembling. Winnie the Pooh or any of its characters and I think somebody now that the that it's public domain is making like a uh, a movie 
or something. I got to look it up to, and I'll find it during a break or something. Making like a total spoof of Winnie the Pooh and like all the characters are like, it's like a, a, a twisted version of it, if that makes sense. I don't know if it's like a horror movie or what, but it's funny that that's the choice because somebody is like not doing the cocaine Winnie the Pooh, but they're running with it. And now we are getting a flood of other suggestions. Uh, Smokey the Bear. Wow. Great. Love it. Yes. Smokey the Bear, forest fires, but he does cocaine. It's great. Uh, cocaine Bear in the Big Blue House. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the texter who suggested bear nose pizza. Oh my that, goodness! Get out of here! Like that's a that's that's a great joke. You guys are <laughs> wonderful. I think Winnie the Pooh would be the one because it would be the like yeah Winnie the Pooh just going days without eating. You're getting skinny. All of, like talking fifty times faster than usual. Okay. Yeah. Totally annoying, Eeyore. So, yeah, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Somebody just texted it in, and I just Googled it. Yeah, uh, it, it is a thing. It's a horror slasher, slasher film. Uh, <laughs> not very well reviewed, but who cares? It's yeah, who cares about reviews? For this, for this purpose, I, I just don't. It does not matter. But, yeah, so that somebody did say, look, let's just totally screw with Winnie the Pooh, and it's great. Yes. Um, this is the last thing I expected to get onto today, but I love it. I love it so, so much. Uh, since we're on this ridiculous uh, story time, uh, earlier today I saw a report that has since been, I think, contradicted at least a little bit, that Brady is interested in pursuing a career in stand-up comedy Yeah, yeah. before going on to Fox. And I have to say that of all the people in the world, and I'm, and I'm in the tank for Tom Brady, believe me, <laughs> uh, that, that I could see doing stand-up comedy, he is, he is not one. Oh, yeah, no. Be awful. Horrible. But they have, uh, at the same time as that story having been shot down, he apparently has agreed to do a uh, a seg- or a, a show with Netflix that is going to be a roast of Tom Brady that like mm. like some of the, like the comedy central roasts and things like that uh, that is going to be a roast of of Tom Brady and I got to be honest with you I'm not I don't really know if it's going to be funny or not I don't think so and you know what I'm I'm going to present this to you off of Tom Brady because I I I felt this way when the whole man in the arena thing was coming out is Tom Brady really that interesting? Like, as a whole? Because I, I don't buy that he is. You know, it, it's it's something that I jump off of with the whole... Like, The Last Dance convinced people that, like, oh my goodness, if you're a great athlete, we have to make a docuseries about you now. Yeah. And it's like, guys, I really hate to break this to you. You're great. You're a legend. You're an all-timer. You're not Michael Jordan, and I don't know how to tell you that in any way. The Last Dance worked and was a thing because Michael Jordan presented such a like a a mystique and like yeah. a change in sports as a whole. Like Michael Jordan was transcending sports back then. I wasn't even really alive for the heyday of it, but the marketing and the advertising and Air Jordan and, and the shoes and all of that, like it was different. 
it was very different. And there was an investment in getting something. Now, I have some, some issues with The Last Dance as well. I can say that. But, like, as a whole, I enjoyed it. And I could not see another athlete, really, that compares to that. Like, Tiger would come to mind for me. And HBO, I think, took a stab at it. Uh, not not as long. I think it was only two parts. Uh, I believe it was Armin Katian who did it. But, yeah, Tom Brady's just not that for me. I, I don't have an interest in it. I didn't watch Man in the Arena. I'm not going to watch a roast. Just, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm not alone in that camp. Well, I just don't know that he's that. He's. It would kind of be like a roast of like Kobe. And here's what I mean. Like tremendous accomplishments. But. But not like an out of this world, larger than life kind of figure as a person. You know, Kobe's just like, I just work real hard. And like, how the hell do you roast that? Yeah, he was just an obsessive competitor who. Also, you know, actually turned out to be a pretty talented artist, too, after he, you know, once he got into the retirement, you know, he was doing a lot of cool stuff there outside the game of basketball. I mean, don't you think, like, we're just, we're setting up for, Jeff Ross will be funny, maybe Anthony Jeselnik will be funny. Sure. But everyone else who does this, it's just going to be 10 different versions of Giselle divorce jokes. Yep. Deflate gate jokes. Yep. I that's it. Retiring and then unretiring. But at the same, yeah, well, I guess maybe. Sure. But at the same time, like, let's be real. In terms of like his future, I don't really care about any of the like the personal like the personal lives of the of the color guy on TV. Doesn't like I don't know anything about Greg Olson as a person. No. Nothing. And I don't know anything about Troy Aikman. And it doesn't change anything for me as far as them being good on TV or not. No, I think uh, Fox and people have written about this, like the predicament that they're in, and that I think Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson are a great combo. They had a great season, thought they did well at the Super Bowl, uh, and now you got to figure out how you're working Tom Brady into that. And you have a year now where he's going to, you know, as he described it, kind of work on being a, a good broadcaster, all of that stuff. Uh but what's the solution there? Do you go to a three-man booth? Three-man booths nope. are tough. I, I think the, the chemistry really has to be good for that to work. Uh, but, yeah, the original discussion, like, no, I just, I, he, he doesn't do that for me. And I respect the dude as a player and everything he accomplished. And I'm not saying there aren't some interesting parts of his story, but, like, I'm not going to take time out of my day to watch a roast of him. Like, I feel the same way about a... Uh, about Jeter like they did yeah, the whole no, even more like the captain series that ESPN yeah. did I was like okay I, I it doesn't tickle my fancy like I'm not that interested in Derek Jeter and my mother was obsessed with Derek Jeter as a huge Yankee fan uh I don't have it I don't get it didn't you tweet something recently about the work they're gonna do with a with a Yankees doc something oh, like yeah. that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if like they ESPN. haven't made the World Series in 20 years, or one World Series in 20 years, right? I don't know if the, the ESPN's trying to curry some favor back with the Yankees or something, but my goodness, uh, I do not need that much content on, on the Yankees, but they're also not coming to me for uh, programming decisions either. So, Do you really think that that's what's happening, by the way, that, that, that everyone's chasing another 
last stance. One hundred percent. Yes. Oh, uh, that, well, that's un- I think that's unfortunate for this reason. It's it will be impossible to replicate what that did for everybody because we were yeah we're in the pandemic right exactly we and yep. we were just settling in and that was the first thing that came even remotely close to us all watching it together like we watched sports yeah and you pile on all of the nostalgia that went with it and i just feel like you're asking the impossible of of thinking that any other documentary is going to hit like that one did well the way it was structured and how i mean how long it was like again the subject matter warranted it and i can understand it uh how long was uh man in the arena with tom brady wasn't it like i think there were 10 episodes i think did you need 10 episodes no and i like i'm a homer and i didn't you, watch need, all of you it. didn't need it like right. same thing with jeter i don't know how many chapters that was but it's it has to want like some of the best and i'll make this argument too like some of the best sports documentaries i can think of uh, yeah, there are some that the, they were absolutely some of the greats. Uh, obviously, I think the the pinnacle of all of this was OJ Made in America, and that was a five part. Yep. But that wasn't even all about OJ Simpson. Like that, that's about like the entire country as a whole. It takes a much wider scope. Oh sure. On it, uh, it's the best. It's the best documentary I've ever seen, just beyond sports. Um, some others that come to mind of prominent ones. Uh, HBO did a Diego Maradona one, which I thought was fantastic. Um, Andre the Giant's a good one if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, and, and But a lot of 30 for 30s that I thought were, did really well were about maybe specific like happenings in sports or something, but they weren't about like a, a legend or something, or like one of the greatest of all time or anything like that. I, I think some of the best ones are those like, those lightning in a bottle moments for some programs or franchises or stuff like, you know, this magic moment with, with Shaq and, and Penny and uh, the pony excess for, for SMU the and, and the U was great. Yeah. Like I loved those. Those were great. It's, it's, it's a much different ball game for lack of a, a God that sounded corny and punny, whatever when we're <laughs> talking about what's going to make a good sports documentary. It can't just be that. Oh my goodness. This guy was really good. That's not good enough. Texture says, uh, have you guys watched full swing except you Mark, since you don't play golf? Well, I, I don't, not. Play, I don't play either actually. Uh, and no, I have not, but they saw the success of like drive to survive with F1 formula yes. one. And that's what they're trying to do. But even yep. something with the success of like uh, this is Wrexham. Like Wrexham is not a, a household soccer club name here in America, but it, it's it's a great story of like two American actors who get involved in the ownership of this club or the community. It is everything there, and they're trying to bring them up through the ranks. So like again, it, it's. As like somebody who's, I guess, in the storytelling business a little bit, like it, it's not always about like, oh my god, this is the best person or team and whatever which they do. Those only, those aren't always the best stories. Well, and the most successful athletes are not in, not always interesting people either, right? In like fact, Joe Montana is Joe Cool. He yeah, truly is like one of, if not the, like just most unflappable people I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't. I never think about what Joe Montana's up to now. Yeah. I just he was an unbelievable player and that's it. 
I, I saw another one I thought of. Uh, somebody texted that the HBO Shaq doc was good. Four episodes. Shaq, larger than life personality. Like I could see that one. That That's a good sub. Another 30 for 30 I thought of, of uh, you know, Marcus Dupree's 30 for 30. That was really good. I agree. The, the SMU one was excellent. Uh, yeah. The U, the first one uh, on the U, was, was, I thought was excellent. It just looked. The, the whole reason that we brought this up was the uh, the report that Brady was interested in comedy, and then it turns out that he's signed off uh, to do a a roast on Netflix. So it's interesting to sort of see them get into to that game. We'll see if he. Sometimes those things are just terrible, obvious attempts at like rehab of a public image, and sometimes they're they're genuinely funny. Uh, I, you know, the, the truth is we don't really know who knows him all that well. Right, uh, and and what would be funny beyond except his trainer, who like Belichick didn't want in the yeah, team that's facility. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's right. like the only one I could think of, to be honest with you. But I'll tell you what. Since you mentioned the Shaq documentary, before uh, we move on, uh, I did early on in this show. You know, you get into the summers, and unfortunately, you know, there's not a ton uh, going on. Right, and we we did spend close to 40, 45-ish minutes once on an ESPN article about the first generation of kids named Shaq <laughs> after Shaq. You know, and like the just the skyrocketing of the names of, of people being named Shaquille and them talking pretty frankly about how much of a challenge that was for them growing up or how much of a, an encouragement or a, a, a motivator or something that that they hated being named Shaq. It was just one of the more you like. You just don't see a name sort of pop up out of nowhere and then become shorthand for so much. He really is one of the more unique characters in, in sports history. He is. I mean, all the nicknames he came up with too for himself. Which is so fun to watch. Yeah, and, and you know he has an argument of being like Shaq's run for a certain period of time was as dominant as like anyone's in NBA history like he was truly unguardable in the but nobody could handle that dude at all in his prime with the Lakers uh and the, one of the great mysteries I think in the NBA is what would have happened if Orlando could have locked him up and kept him there instead of him leaving uh to go to LA but uh yeah no to, to put a bow on it I am not interested in the Tom Brady roast if I'm Correct. wrong I will come in here and I will say it was funny and I was wrong but that will be because somebody told me to watch it and it was funny. I am not going to actively seek out to watch it. I would like Peyton Manning to be there. He probably will. I would hope so. That guy isn't missing any opportunities for content now. He's got like Hell, a whole Omaha right. production company. Like, They'll probably do it. They'll probably produce it. Yeah, something. he's like, I mean, that guy is busy. At least he seems like it. I, I yeah I think Peyton Manning I would want uh, in that I don't really know who else I would want necessarily I mean if they got Bill Belichick to be a part of it that would be outstanding but I I highly doubt that don't you Belichick strikes me as somebody and I've always read this and heard this from anybody who in, in like various stories that he's like way funnier than people know like he he's a much funnier person than that serious persona he gives off. So it'd be hilarious if he was involved in it. He might be good at it, but I don't know. Like one of the funniest, uh, somebody had that that clip of like Tom Brady in Belichick's office uh, talking about the costume party they were going to do for Halloween, 
and it's like a viral clip, and you learn how much Belichick loves Halloween. And it's like, what? All right, what 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 do you find more funny? And it, it, for for exactly what it is, the fact that Belichick loves Halloween, or that Nick Saban loves D's nuts jokes. <laughs> Like that, this is preferred humor currency. It's gotta be. It is gotta be. I could. I would have never guessed that in a hundred years. And the little anecdotes about saving. I mean, the 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 fact that he eats like a a green salad and a a little Debbie. A little Debbie. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy, man. I did watch the uh, the Belichick Saban HBO. Uh, I enjoyed that special they did too. That but I good. like football nerd stuff. Yeah, yeah, I am. T- like I read Smart Football by Chris Brown years oh, ago. Yeah. Thought it was great. Uh, but yeah, it is, uh, as a whole, yeah. But let me know if it's good, and then I'll come around to it. But I'm not going to take it time to watch it on myself. All right, let's uh, take a quick break here. If you guys want to jump in here, you can. 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS job sex time. We'll come back here. We'll take your calls, your texture on senior night for this Louisville team. We'll talk a little bit about what uh, maybe to expect, maybe what we're hoping to see at least a little bit of uh, in this game tonight at 9, uh, the last one at home uh, for the men this season here on the drive on I Thunder Vote. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever. We try to do a real sports show, and instead I think we spent 40-ish minutes on uh real and fictional bears doing cocaine and Tom Brady getting roasted as a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. Right. I think it's fine. Also, somebody like somebody this. did correct me, and I appreciate this. It was Randy Moss talking about the Halloween party with Bill Belichick, not Tom Brady. Which makes it even better, okay. in my opinion. 8150-939. That's uh, the number if you want to uh, get in here. 3831-939 for the uh, UPS Jobs text line if you want to hit us up uh, that way uh, as well. A text you also mentioned, by the way, the Manti Teo documentary being good. It was. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was uh, good. I think the... The only thing I did not care for about that before we move past it is I, I it let the Ronai or whatever the, the the person's name was that was that was actually doing the catfishing. I think it felt like it let that person 
use their obvious kind of gender issues at the time as kind of a cover for for being mean as hell like for being incredibly cruel to somebody i wish they would have been a little harder on that person it added uh, it it colored in a a lot of lines on that whole story you know because because really i think that story followed manti teo pretty much for forever absolutely like you remember that more than his playing career uh, whether at the NFL or a really good one at Notre Dame, for that matter. Like, I, I was, I loved watching him play uh, in college, but uh, it's unfortunate that that could happen to somebody like that. And, it, you know, I, I feel for him on that. 81 50 That's uh, the number if you want to get in here. All right. So, look, Louisville's going to take on uh, Virginia Tech tonight. I hate to make us go back to sports, and I, I, make, I hate to make us go back to that one, uh, but it is senior night. We've got two games left. In a weird way, Tyler, it feels like one last thumb in the eye, like a 9 o'clock tip tonight for this one. Uh, it, it, I mean, it is literally just senior day. There's not another thing on the line with either one of these teams in this one, is there? No, there's not. I mean, first, man, why 9? Well, just why? Why 9 p.m., man? I know. Why? As someone who who's going to go cover that game tonight, just why? I'm not going to get home until, like, probably after midnight. I'm not trying to do this. Come on. Throw me a bone here. I can't even imagine how the fans feel. Like, seriously, I, I'm not, I don't care what you do with your time and your money. It doesn't matter to me. But if you're somebody who's like, I got to be honest, I love Louisville. But we're forward 25. It's a 9 p.m. tip. This season's been kind of miserable to endure. Uh, I'm not coming to this one. I get it. I, I think I can understand that. Uh, but also, you, you brought up it is senior night. And it's interesting with, with L and Sid and, and what how fans handle a senior night like this emotionally because – you know, senior night is, is a celebration, and it's uh, obviously you you want to be totally like uh, respectful of, of kids who have been around and been through a lot too. Obviously, uh, but at the same time, this season's just been so rough that like you're trying to find a way to balance the, those emotions for a night like tonight. Well, and also like senior night, these are guys that you've known for a long time. And, you know, in Louisville's history, at least, you know, senior night has been guys who've accomplished a lot, you know, over their careers and that sort of thing. And then, I mean, no one's trying to pile on to anybody here, but obviously this is not a group that does that and that has done that. And quite frankly, you know, without trying to, to pile on the kid, like, I don't know that anyone's going to be sad, for instance, that, that Sidney Curry, this is it for him. Uh, here at Louisville like I, it's been in my time here there's been very few players that I think have soured on people the way he has it, it's tough because I just never would have expected this season out of him I wouldn't have um, because that stretch he had last year was very promising uh, you saw some athletic dunks and blocks and he was producing and it's just crazy how the conversation has changed because last year it was like wow where did this guy come from like 
you know, he, you know, Chris Mack was talking about um, how hard he had, like, had worked in practice to get in shape and really started showing out in games. And then this year, it's like, all right, can you take that another step forward? And it's a, it was a complete step back. You know, there's no no getting around that, and it's it's bewildering. I never would have thought that his he would have just had like just not much of an impact at all uh, on the court on either end of the floor. Uh, and then you contrast it with L, who like this team, L Ellis has by far been the most entertaining part of this team, and has had to shoulder a crazy load playing like 36 minutes a game where he's the best scorer, has to be the best passer, and just the leader of the team. And it, it's it's quite a different dynamic going on there with each. Well, I, yeah, I think with, with Curry, I think the reason he's going to be looked back on, I don't think there's like active or a whole lot of active like dislike. For instance, I think about um, Shaquan Aaron. Like fans were just like, get out of here. You know, the, but he never played. And you never really, in fact, I think part of what bothered you about him was the, you know, he was this really skinny kid who came in and and acted and apparently, you know, reportedly behaved like he kind of knew more than Rick did. And people were like, man, get out of here. That, but with Curry, I think the reason, or at least one of the main reasons that he sticks in people's craw is that it all feels self-inflicted. You know, the, here is a guy who has physical skills and we have seen when he wants to, he can be a pretty imposing, difficult guy to deal with. And that everything that has happened this year with him has been a disappointment because he doesn't want it hard enough. Like, it's not like he's been busting his ass and this stuff just won't go down. Or it's like sometimes with Lamar, every once in a while you'd have a game where Lamar would just be awesome and he'd have like seven dropped passes. And you're like, good Lord, man, come on. Like, this is never was in shape. This was, you know, his own coach describing him as fighting conditioning and getting passed over and, and really just never really developing even kind of the next step. Like, he just was whatever he was at the end of last year. He was not even that and didn't move this year. And it's, just, it's been an incredible disappointment, one of the ones that will truly mystify me. And I'm not really sure at all that there is uh, a reason forthcoming for it like only he knows yeah yeah i mean it's a tough one to to really crack and i don't think anybody really saw it coming this year And, and then you look at l's tenure and i i saw i think it was the state of louisville posed this question yesterday of like if l ellis wanted to come back like would you take him and i was like how is there even a no option on that vote like oh i i like, you don't think you can't conceive of a yes or a, a, a no vote for that I, I cannot i absolutely can't why would you not want l ellis back i do not get that 100 percent don't because you want to defend next year well that that's fine i get that but like i i guess i struggle with you know expecting great defense when a guy literally has to do everything on offense for this team 
which he does. We did this yesterday, Tyler, and I didn't like it yesterday either. That's fine. Okay. And I was, I was surprised. Hold on. I was surprised by the number of callers, like Philly Carl and some others who kind of leaned in here and basically were like, he does so much on offense that uh, you can't really expect him to go very hard on defense, which I, I just – I hate it. I, I, I don't agree with that that line of thinking. But, I, like, I'm not – I've been one of the few who has sort of said, you can be as critical of these guys as you want, but I wouldn't be particularly critical of L. Ellis because you have not had to question his overall effort level from day one. Right. And he's one of the only ones on this team – but on the like, I could see a scenario where you're looking at it like we've got to have a certain identity next year if you're Kenny, and and if that we're gonna we're gonna play a, a lot harder on defense. If L's capable of a lot more on defense and he just doesn't do it, I would hate that. Like I would hate for that to be true. I would say here's the here would be a, a positive spin on it if you if you which again I I think Louisville would absolutely needs to take out back if, if he wants to come back i truly do but he has shown you growth this year as a distributor like that was a huge concern for people coming in is he the truest of a true point guard absolutely not i don't think anybody's going to make that argument but i also think the numbers back up that he's gotten better at that aspect of the game it's not like he's just going out there looking to score I agree. every single I possession agree. so my jumping off of that the challenge. It seems like him and Kenny have have built a good relationship. I agree with that. So if L comes back, it's all right. You made these strides as a passer. My challenge to you this year: let's get better on defense. So if you could show me that you can make that kind of stride in this part of your game, let's make it in this part of your game. Then I'd be like, all right, I think that, you know that's doable. I don't think he's ever going to be like a lockdown defender by any means. But I think most people will be like, all right, just, you know, don't be a liability on defense. Because if you're going to score the way you've been scoring, and if you can go into more of a two-guard role next year with the true point guard, like, then yes, you want that back. You do. And it's a good piece for, for Kenny's whole uh, development approach of like, okay, I, I got this guy to take some strides in year one. If I can get him to be a little bit better of a defender in, in year two, if, again, if he wants to come back, and I get if he doesn't. Uh, but he clearly said yesterday that he does. Uh, then that's a good look for you as well to show how you can get through to a guy. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird. I, I just don't agree with everything people say about L. You know, people are like, he's not a natural point guard. He can't. Like, I think he's done just fine yeah. uh, this year. And and if he was – I think what you'd want from him, though, is to play the goal. If LLs wants to come back, I would I would take him back. I'm just saying I could foresee a scenario where you're like, eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if if he wants to come back, like if the feedback that he gets indicates that he might benefit uh, from from showing more – you know, I would love if it's true that, say, Sky Clark is coming and he's totally healthy and, and, and would be a primary ball handler. If L. Ellis could play primarily point guard, but give you 
or excuse me, play off the ball, but then give you stretches where he's the primary guy too. Or we've seen more than one national championship contender not really have like a true point guard, but really both guards could get the offense going. Uh, there's no reason he couldn't be part of a backcourt like that. But more than anything, uh, getting L to play 31 minutes a game, as hard as hell on both ends. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the feedback we end up hearing that he gets from the league is that, like, look, you're a nice player with the ball in your hands, but what about the other half of the game where you have to defend anybody? And then he's got to come back and show that he can he can do that. Like, it's a big deal. People joke and, and lazily say the NBA, they don't play defense. But if, if you can't defend, they're going to pick and roll until your person gets the ball. Yeah. Every, every possession, the entire game, and your team will lose – and you're out of the league. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that you find a lot of guys in the NBA to fill that defensive role. There are guys in the NBA who are not, like, they're not, they're kind of liabilities on the offensive end. They don't score a lot or anything like that. But if you can be counted on on, on defense, then you're, you're going to have a job in the league always. And that's been the case for a really long time. Um, but to speak to L's overall improvement as a distributor, th- this was from Louisville's game notes ahead of tonight. So after having a positive or even assist to turnover ratio just three times in the first nine games, he's been positive or even in 17 of the last 20. And in 15 games since the beginning of 2023, he has 75, 75 assists against 47 turnovers. So there definitely has been growth. There. I totally agree. And and by the way, some of that is the other players. You know, some of that is L. Ellis on. Gosh, the first you know the first three games of the year that they lose all three by a point. L. Ellis comes off the screen, gets in the lane. Where is he going with the ball? If he could pass it to L. Ellis, he probably would, right? But now I think you think. He could kick it to Jalen Withers or J.J. Trainer or Mike James a little bit. Like, there are some guys who have, I think, emerged as guys that you feel at least a little bit better about offensively. Uh, uh, Kamari lands a little bit. So some of whatever we perceive as kind of L's individual weaknesses are bound up in the rest of the team needing to sort of emerge a little bit too. And we've gotten some of that. I would like to think if there's another guard or two that are coming in guys that can handle the ball and let him play off the ball like i think l's future in basketball anywhere is as a catch and shoot guy off the ball who can also facilitate and kind of a secondary guy on offense like i think that's where his he's best suited if louisville could put a roster together where that's really what's asked of him next year i would absolutely want him back well he he has some i think he has a great burst as a whole like he can hit another gear in transition or when he drives the lane and finish around the rim very, very well. And I thought you saw that pretty early when he started playing here under Chris Mack as well. Uh, but I, I he has a, a very intriguing decision because he would have I, – I, first of all, I totally believe that if he expressed the desire to come back, Kenny would definitely be – down for it like it would not be a situation where he says no you need to go find somewhere else uh and i think he would be probably have some nil potential here 
he would, which he probably already does have a deal or two here. I'm not 100% sure on that. But he'd be a prominent player who has clear areas to work on uh, to become a bro. But, uh, to become a pro, not to a To become a bro. Yeah, to become a bro. Yeah. Yes, a bro. Uh, we have Mike waiting on the on the line uh, right, for a caller to talk some L. Ellis. So, Mike, what, what do you got about L? Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, hey, speaking of, like you said, talking about point guard, what is he going to play in the NBA? Yeah. I, I don't, is he going to play at a, a two at a six, on, at six three? Unless he's playing with a point guard that's six six or six seven, um, and he just lights out shooting the ball that we just haven't seen. Not that he can't be, um, because I think you know. Uh, I wish you know you were talking about the defensive prowess. I wish he was as much as I feel like he's Russ esque um, in some components uh, offensively where he kind of creates his own shots and gets stuff up and makes stuff that you wouldn't think that you should take. Um, but he's not a lockdown defender or a great defender like Russ Smith was. Um, so you kind of, you know, live and die because Russ played the two next to Seba. Um, but again, at a college aspect, you see where that translated in the next move. Um, you know, he, and he probably has a life overseas. Um, so... You know, anyway, just just your own thoughts. Also, um, while you were looking up stats, is there any way you can pull Curry's, like, last five, ten games last year when he was just a beast like you all were referencing earlier? What 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 is that in comparison to this year? Because I think that was our expectation of Curry coming back and having a, 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 a better expectation of this team um, this year was a lot revolved around Curry taking a step forward instead of a step back. Yeah, appreciate uh, the call there. Thank you so much. When, when it comes to, to uh, Sidney Curry, uh, th- the reason for the optimism was starting on February 26th, so almost exactly one year ago, uh, he had 28 in a loss to Wake Forest by 22. Uh, he had, no, that's minutes, I'm sorry. Uh, he had 28 no he had 28 points then 18 against virginia tech then 24 against virginia 12 and a win over georgia tech in the acc tournament and then six points in that final uh there against virginia in the season but he had that stretch of five or six games he hasn't had anything close to that in in any game in fact he hasn't scored in double figures since january 25th well and it's he would also have just like the those highlight reel dunks in there as well where like he clearly is just bodying someone strength wise and there was just a physicality and athleticism there that you just have not really seen this year it it just completely felt like you'd see it maybe for like a play or two in a game here and there like oh there's the guy from last year but the consistency just has not been there at all Um, but to the point about uh, L and the role that, that he could play at the next level. I do think it's a good point about his size maybe hurting him as a two in today's NBA. And if he is going to play at that level, he might have to be a point guard somewhere. Uh, I do think his speed is enough of an asset for people to take a second look if he could play a two. But uh, maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that plays into a discussion of coming back. 
It's like, look, we we won't guarantee you that you're going to be like the full number one point guard all the time, but you'll have plenty of opportunity to still handle the ball. We just want to get somebody who can help you with that too. Uh, maybe maybe that's part of a sell. I don't know. Again, I think he he has a a decent amount to weigh out there, but at least he made clear that if he does come back to college basketball, he wants to play for Louisville because he definitely would have been sought after in the transfer portal if he made that decision to go somewhere else. Plenty of teams could use that type of uh, dynamic athleticism and scoring ability that he has. And to the caller's point, you know, in the uh, the NBA, he's... I would imagine his feedback is going to be very similar to what Donovan Mitchell heard, which is at your size, your height in particular, you're going to have to spend the vast majority of your time on the ball as the the point guard, and you're going to have to shoot the ball better than you have up to this point. And Donovan obviously has sort of gotten – gone in the gym and, and has become all of everything he could have ever wanted in that position it's odd L's NBA future is clearly going to be primarily on the ball but that Louisville's probably better served with him primarily off the ball and this is where you're going to have to decide exactly how much dream chasing do you really want to do yeah what's pretty impressive as well is like he's actually uh, he's improved his two point shooting percentage from he was 43 last year he's at like 48 this year uh three points dipped a little bit uh he shot 36 last year 33 now uh for the year but he's also attempting quite a few more he's attempting six threes a game as opposed to about four uh last year um his assists obviously up average two last year now he's averaging about five that's a byproduct of having the ball in your hands more uh but no yeah the the original point yes you take Al Ellis back. Like, no questions asked. If he wants to come back, come back. Can he find a way to do that? It's got to happen. Well, and there's probably a relationship between this question about, you know, would you want Al back and in what, what would you, you know, what's the best scenario for him and this pursuit of, of Dennis Evans as a, as a shot blocker in particular you know, as a guy to, to be back there and be a guy who gives you that kind of energy. One, you benefit, I think, daily in practice from having to finish. Like, our poor, the, the poor guys on this team right now, does anyone feel like, in terms of practice minutes, that anyone gets a good idea of what it's like to finish over an uh, intimidating big man in practice? Louisville doesn't have a guy that even does that on the roster. So you would benefit yourself from having somebody like that. But also... Can, is it a little bit easier to maybe motivate L to be more of a transition-generating, uh, risk-taking kind of defender, knowing that there's a shot blocker that's instinctively pretty damn good at it behind you? Like, those two, they're not unrelated, those two. No, they're not. And the only guy who seems to have, again, impacted people in practice as a big or really caught some eyes is the guy who hasn't played the last couple of games, and that's Emmanuel Corfort. Um, yeah. And I find it intriguing if he if if he is even going to play the rest of the year with with uh, I don't know how severe his his ankle or his injury is, uh, but that people one hundred percent would want to see more from him down this stretch and and uh, over the last two games in the ACC tournament. Oh, I would hope so. 
I would hope that we see a lot uh, of him. To whatever extent we can sort of lay some track uh, for this offseason and heading into next season at the end here, starting tonight with Virginia Tech, that would be welcome. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll continue on here one more hour on the drive on Nintendo Bell. Be right back. 